The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. back to the culture insanity podcast we are here live uh episode number six i believe um yeah i had a little bit of a difficulty getting back into it um just with the the hecticness of holiday season thanksgiving week and black friday shenanigans and the whole nine it's holiday season so time is um hard to come by just be honest um are you about to say something i just i never apologize for for uh giving our for gracing people with the resources much we can i'm i never said sorry <laughs> i didn't <laughs> just right, say yeah, what the true. truth is that's true it's hard to get uh get on this thing when we're so busy we live busy 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 lives but we're back so got a couple uh interesting things on the docket today um I just had a, just for uh, vulnerability's sake, I had a hard time um, trying to come up with some stuff to talk about just because I feel like every single day it's just the the latest, uh, the latest victim um, to the sexual assault thing. So I was sort of a writer's block, if you will, sort of speak. Um, But we got through that. We got some interesting things to discuss today. Um, so, I guess if, if you're ready, Josh, we can get right into it. Let's get into it. All right. Just wanted to make sure you're ready. Um, so, first up, we have what we're calling the morality of brand hostaging. And if you um, will recall, a couple episodes back, I think it was a couple episodes back, we briefly talked about just, um, it was Mila Kunis, and there was an article or there was some news about, so she was doing something um she was like donating to uh, Planned Parenthood in Mike Pence's name as sort of a, you know, screw you to Mike Pence. And because of that and because of her connection to Jim Beam um, liquor, like uh, she was getting and Jim Beam was getting a lot of backlash by the people because they didn't, you know, agree with her views and agree with what she's doing, obviously. And, you know, it's kind of a childish thing. But so... In that situation, the people were sort of holding Jim Beam hostage for their representative um, acting a certain way. Now, with all of these sexual assault um, accusations and um, people who have, you know, been found out and been found guilty of these different things, it's it's sort of um, taking a different turn. So now we have people like... um, It was in the news, Gal Gadot was saying, I will not... So she's Wonder Woman. I will not continue as Wonder Woman if Brett Ratner is attached to the next right. project because Brett right. Ratner was a, a producer or something tied to the next Wonder Woman movie. So she was holding that character and that 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 franchise hostage because of this person who has been accused in, um, of, of his indiscretions. And then the same thing with, uh, I think her name is Melissa Benoit. Melissa mm-hmm. Benoit, the mm-hmm. actress of mm-hmm. Supergirl. Yep. Um, same sort of thing. She was saying that she will not continue in her role if, you know, this doesn't get um, addressed or these certain people are attached. 
um, there was someone else, someone else too. I can't remember, but there's basically a, a, a question of, are these people like, is that appropriate? I mean, and even you see it in the NFL with the Colin Kaepernick thing, like right. he's using that platform to, you know, push whatever social issue right. he feels whatever, but he is contracted by the NFL to, you know, that's his job. Like he, he has an agreement. He's getting paid millions of dollars. These actresses or actors or whoever it may be, they're getting paid millions of dollars to, you know, whatever contract they have. So is it a, is it appropriate for them to be doing that? And like, what's the morality behind that? So, um, just real quick, I guess I'll, I'll share my thoughts and then Josh, you can shed some light on what you think. But basically my thought is as the representative of the brand, um, you're basically held under a microscope for everything, little thing you do. So I guess I was, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking more of the Mila Kunitz thing, but, Mm -hmm. um, and that's just the nature of the world we live in with social media and instant, like uh, instant communication, you know, like, and everyone has a voice. Um, so then like, are you prepared to live under that scrutiny? Um, and if not, then like, don't sign up for it. But, um, is it right for people like these celebrities or, you know, these characters to hold, hold their, um, whatever they're attached to hostage. Um, and I don't know, like I, I don't, my, my first inclination is that like, that's, that's not what they're there for. You know, like Mm -hmm. if they want to be some sort of, uh, whatever, maybe get into politics or something. Right. So, um, I don't, I don't like it because that's, that's not what you're there for. You know, you're there, for, you're there to play a character. You're using your, your influence as a big time celebrity or whatever to, um, speak into something. And I don't know, I'm sure that, I'm sure that a lot of people maybe don't agree with this, but so that's my first, whatever is like, that's not why you're there. Okay. You're there okay. for a job. You're contracted. So that's like your knee jerk reaction, my knee jerk reaction. Okay. But then like, I could see how people in that people with that influence can do, can use that for good, you know? Um, but my knee jerk reaction is that's not why you're there. So, um, basically shut up. Mm -hmm. Like if, if, if you want to like, I don't know, I guess I don't have a fully formulated thought, but, um, yeah, that's my knee jerk reaction. Uh, if you don't like it, um, maybe, don't be in that, that space and get out of that space so that you can work in a different way. Um, and then like as the brand, like then, um, they have, they get put into a weird position too, because now they're being forced to choose between, you know, whatever partners they had, or it's like pleasing, pleasing their partners or pleasing the people. So then that becomes a difficult situation for them. And like, either way, they're pissing off a certain party type thing. So it's just a a complicated issue. But yeah, my knee jerk reaction is that you're not hired and being paid millions of dollars to, to speak into those issues. So, um, I don't know. I just, I don't like it at the surface, but what do you think? So, Hmm. Yeah. Are they, I think the question is, are they, are they doing those things in order to use their influence or are they speaking on the basis of just being human beings who are caught now in this position? Um, and I think when you look at them, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to judge, like take Melissa Benoit, Benoist. I don't know. Yeah. Super girl. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Take her like, her position is a show that was pretty literally 
created to mm-hmm. empower women, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's got this position of influence for the younger generation of women. So uh, because of that, like like when she signed up for that, she was taking on she was making her her face synonymous with mm. with Supergirl, right? And so I think, you know, it so now there's the art is becoming reality and she's using, so Supergirl now is a, that real character. She is Supergirl. Right. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, what that shows just pushing. Right. I mean, I, the, the question is, is, is it moral? I think that's the real question. Is it moral to, to hold a brand hostage? In the case of Supergirl, I would say it would be, amoral yeah it would be amoral for a character like supergirl to not speak into something that women of the world are hurting in like she would lose her relevance and she would lose she would possibly lose her um sort of uh place as the needle on the compass for a lot of young women so you know, because of that, there's it, obviously a talk of that. If that's already what they're doing in the show, like is speaking to that issue with their art. Like, oh, I mean, that's a good question now, but that's what I'm saying. Like now it's being taken outside of expressing that message via their art form. And now they're basically saying like, I'm going to stop doing this unless, you know, certain actions are being taken. So it's like, yeah, I, it's hard. I mean, I believe in I believe in the, in in cohesion of storytelling. Mm. So, like, a, an artist should only be telling something bad in their story for a good point. <clears throat> like, if you're a good person, then you're then the bad things that happen in the story you tell should be for a good point, not essentially a weird form of escapism or so that you can commit bad things. That's why, like, I'm not a big fan of. Um, like in the GTA games, mm-hmm. for instance, people killing people for the sake of killing people yeah, because they can get away with it. Just because that's how you pass the time. Right. So to that end, it's like how do you how do you deal with the morality of it if you are Melissa Benoist or Melissa Benoit or whatever? Melissa B. Melissa B. How do you deal with how do you deal with the morality of it if you're Melissa B or Gal Gadot? Like these characters who are empowering of women um, or have been accosted to be empowering of women. Maybe as as a as a character owned by the studio, you could, although it'd be hairy with them because that's their point. But you could say, "Hey, you don't really get to speak out about this." Again, I'm not how, sure how you would do that since the point of those characters is to create. You're saying the studio would say, say yeah that. yeah yeah okay. yeah <clears throat> like just like how the studio can say don't give spoilers mm-hmm. um yeah they're like non-disclosure type thing right yeah. like i'm sure and I, I would not be surprised if studios are building into their contracts mm, things that's like that now interesting yeah. yeah but i mean a studio can say don't give spoilers about things like i'm sure it can say also don't talk about behind the scenes types of things right mm. so like I you know but then how how do you, how do you as the actor as the person who's playing this deal with that um that's a hard one I, we as pastors you know as pastors how do we deal with like the inter- with the internal workings of the church 
you know? Like, how do we deal with that on the public forefront when when we see that there is um, things that are going wrong, like, you know, child molestation happening, for instance, in the Roman Catholic Church, you know? Uh, like, how do you deal with that as pastors? Do you just, that's what's internal? We don't talk about it in front no, of other people? you should talk about it. You should talk about what's relevant, right? Like, you don't hide behind an issue. And then or you do, don't act like it doesn't exist either. And then do we say, well, I refuse to, do we say I refuse to be um, a pastor if, if certain pastors are um, working that I don't approve of? Like, I'm not a big fan of Joel Osteen. Yeah, sure. If Joel Osteen comes to a convention and I'm doing something at that convention, do I shun that convention or say I refuse to participate in it because, you know, Joel Osteen is there. Um, it's, it's a matter of conviction, right? I mean, the Bible says you're going to be judged. I, would, I mean, I would think it would empower you to be a pastor even more because you see <laughs> such an inef- like such a bad example of what you think it should be right. a shepherd, you know? So I would think it would empower you to be even more, you know? And the number of churches that are, you know— and leadership that's like going apostate now with their churches. Like I would think that, yeah, it, it should only empower you even more. Right. So, and, and I think the, I think the question is, I think the question for the person is how, do, how would you judge you in that moment? Like the scripture says we're all going to be judged according to the law that's on our hearts. You know, so if you in your heart of hearts know that something must be said, then you should say it. And if, you know, and if the position that you're in compels you to say it, then you should say it. Damn the consequences. But right. I, do, I do think to hold it for ransom. There's a difference between expressing yourself and holding it for ransom. And that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So when Gal Gadot says... And that's says, what they're saying. I will not continue unless. I will not continue unless. And then the, on the other side, the people, I will not buy your product unless. But is that... Okay, but is that really holding it for ransom? Like uh, like you're holding yourself for ransom, I suppose. But are you holding the, the product for ransom? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Because you're, cause, cause you're, you're giving it out. Like ransom is they have absolutely no... There's nothing they can, they're completely out of control of this product. The reality is that uh, the studio could say, fine, you don't represent Wonder Woman, and then get a different Wonder Woman. Hmm. So the question is, is Gal Gadot representing Wonder Woman when she says, I'm, I'm not going to play Wonder Woman anymore, therefore you don't have a Wonder Woman without me? Or is she representing Gal Gadot when she says, I'm not going to play Wonder Woman Gal Gadot will not be Wonder Woman of a studio that employs Brett Ratner. Well, it's a good thing we can get Gal Gadot in the studio here. <laughs> and so, because of that, we're going to call Gal Gadot right now. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, so what about what about from the other other side of it then? Like, people doing that. So we're talking about, like, the, the individual within the, you know, we're talking about Gal Gadot and... and, and Supergirl, Melissa B. But what about from the other side? Like, should people be 
like shunning something. I guess they always, there's always been that like shunning, like refusing to participate in something or whatever, because they don't like whoever is attached to it. I mean, I, I guess that's always been a thing. <laughs> I, I think it has but to do it's with just sin- such a, man it's just such a polarizing time right i know now. i think it has to do with sincerely held convictions hmm. you know if it's not about power if you could care less if it's a matter of principle so you could care less what will happen to you in that circumstance then i think that you'll be judged by god fine for that but if you are basically uh, bolstering your power, if you are swinging dick, if you will, because you know that they can't do anything about it, like, I think that you'll be judged for that too, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. It's and it, it's a fine line what that a, is only in the heart and nobody knows it. And in the, in the, in the Mila Kunis, and in the Mila Kunis case, it's interesting because, like, so she's the representative of that of brand. Right. And she is directly contributing to something that, as a Christian person, we do we do not agree with, you know. Well, I mean, contributing perhaps. I mean, they're not advocating. In fact, are are they the ones that are like drink responsibly, or is that all just of kind them. of like that's, that's just a general? All, that's a general. Okay. Yeah. But I'm talking about what she's doing. Oh yeah 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 contri- yeah. Okay, you're not talking about the brand to Planned Parenthood. Right. I'm not talking about the alcohol. Right. 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 But like, yeah. So if you're viewing it, like, I feel like, yeah, if you're viewing it through that lens, like. Man, I'm having a tough time supporting this brand, which I I like Jim Beam liquor. Or but isn't but okay? But, but isn't their, that their different? representative is directly contributing to something that I fundamentally disagree with? So what am I going to do? Right, but isn't that isn't that different? Like you like, I mean, M- Mila Kunis seems suspect, right? Like it's not about. I'm disgusted by my involvement in this, but I have to say something because whatever. Instead, she's like, uh, you know, just taking jabs. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the whole Mike Pence thing is, right? right. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's it's different. It's like mm-hmm. ontologically different. It's a category issue. Mm-hmm. Like the, what she's doing is having fun with her power as a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Melissa Benoist is, or Melissa B or whatever. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't think that Mel B. That's a different person. Um, spice is, Girls? Yeah, Spice <laughs> Girls. I don't... That's scary. Scary Spice. Yeah. I don't think that, that Supergirl is is having fun with her... Uh, with it. I, yeah, I mean, no. It, yeah. It, it feels sincere from, her, like, whatever. You right, know? right. Like, that's what she... Whatever, but... Yeah. No, I don't know. I guess that kind of segues into the next topic. Cool. So we got... Um, the concept of character ownership and responsibility. So I don't know how recent it was. Fairly recent, but it's like we got we got our youngest viewer right now, Aiden. Nice, Aiden. Apparently, Parker. Aiden is watching us on his mom's account. Hey, Aiden. Um, so the concept of character ownership and responsibility. So the other day or earlier in the week or something recently, uh, Daisy Ridley came out and said. Um, Basically, that after episode, let's see, is that eight? nine, right? Mm-hmm. Episode nine, she's she's done, like whatever, like right. And so that that then like that makes fans upset or whatever because mm-hmm. it it feels like they're already getting robbed of that character or something right. like that. Right. So then, like, what is uh, right? That's not the right whatever, but what belongs to like. Yeah, does she have the right to take from the fans 
the character of Daisy. Yeah, which is sort of a silly notion. So she she admitted that she didn't uh, know what she was getting into, which right. is ab- to me is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you signed a three movie contract with Star Wars, and now you're going to say you don't know what you're getting into. Right. Uh, wow. <laughs> but it's it's possible. I don't know how. I don't know how. <laughs> you know. <laughs> If you're one of those people who thinks that everything sci-fi is nerdy and you just sort of, you know, you thought you were going to get into rom-coms and then you got that one job <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But so like what, what's appropriate? So my thoughts are just, yeah, when you sign on for something, you're signing on for it. So she knew she was signing on for some sort of three movie arc right. for that character. Right. And the writers or, you know, the brand knew they had in three movies or whatever, they had an arc for that character. Right. And so that's fine. Like that character's arc was only supposed to last a certain amount of time. Yeah. And so when she steps away, it is what it is. Like this is not something new, you know, like Han Solo only did three movies and he, was there ever any backlash that he, you know, that Harrison Ford is Han Solo, that Han Solo is Harrison Ford? Like, no. In fact, people love it to the, so much to the, they brought him back. Like they, you know, whatever. Like, so it's sort of a, a kind of a silly notion so so what's what it is is people just pissed off that they they feel like they're getting robbed of a character. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit different though, yeah. Like like I mean, we're talking about the 1980s when when Harrison Ford was Han Solo. Okay. And he may have become synonymous with the character, but there wasn't fandom the way that there is now. There were there wasn't but like what, what, But what's like, being asked that she owes more? To the fans and the universe than just three movies. Like I'm confused. What is being if asked? If, okay, so if you're talking about from the from the perspective of a human being, um, if you're talking about from the perspective of a human being, like just alone, right? Then, then yeah, I would say it's ridiculous. But what? but like things have changed. Like I, it's just it is what it is. Like taking into account, I. Of course, you have to let her out of that. Of course, she's not. It's not indentured servitude, right? That's but, why I'm confused. But but she like entered into that that sort of social indentured servitude. Do you think that there's just an air of ungratefulness? Is that what's maybe whatever? Like no, I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm just tr- I'm just trying to reason through it. Like I think she just wants to be bigger than Star Wars. She wants to be more than Star Wars. Sure, all she of was, them do. She was in Luke Skywalker. I mean, Mark Hamill wanted to also. Like he felt shackled by it but well but that's but that's also different because when mark hamill did star wars star wars wasn't a thing so he got hit with something like upside the head that he would have never expected so what's a more appropriate comparison then i don't is there anything that you maybe something in the marvel universe maybe but it doesn't have the same level of fandom that's a star trek a star trek uh, reference would probably be the best i mean how do you I don't know. Do you owe the fans something? Maybe. Like, what does that look like? What does that look like? I don't know. Does it look like what? signing over your likeness to to to, That's what I'm to Disney? Like, like, what I don't what know. does that mean to the fan to the fans who would be upset that what she she's gone? Like we get no more Ray after episode nine or whatever. Like I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like a bigger contract first of all that's not even necessarily true with like their animated series and stuff like ray is totally be in it whatever right you don't necessarily you don't even need her voice right but 
yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird it's it's a weird notion. <laughs> yeah, like indentured servitude, like you said, like that's what's being asked. But I don't know. Either way, I'm excited. I'm excited for her to be done. Like, yeah. How'd she do in Murder on the Orient Express? She's good. She's got some acting chops, man. I saw. Um, She's good. I saw like an article like, is there life for Ray after? After Star Wars, she's already like multiple movies. I know, so there's that, and then I I just stumbled across her in something else the other day. Like, she's gonna be fine. Like, yeah, it's not like she she is Ray and only Ray, and you know, good right. luck, good, good luck finding any like other Jake work. Lloyd, that poor guy. I know, child actors, man. <laughs> yeah, child actors. Yeah, <clears throat> luckily she's you know a little older, but right. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. Fans. Yeah, it's hard to please the the those hardcore. I I I think you got to let her. My okay. So my final thought on that is, I think you got to let her out the back door. But I do think that it should be like, if you're gonna enter into any sort of fandom, you should know better. If if they kill her, like, is this even a conversation? Yes, because nobody stays dead anymore. Uh, anything. Especially in Star Wars. Yeah, True. nobody stays dead in anything. So, um, and. But I guess it is a good question in terms of like media now because fandom is so easy to pop up. It's like there's such a huge fan base for everything and anything. The fact That's that why freaking Funko Pops are so I know so popular. You guys can't see it right now, but I've got uh, something like he's got a wall. Thirty Funko Pops on the wall right I, now, and Funko has brand, They have licensing for for everything. Everything. And that's that's what I was just about to say was the fact that you can get a Funko Pop for Star Wars as much as you can get a Funko Pop for Suki St. James from the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Which, by the way, is an amazing show. Um, anyway, but yeah, the, 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 the Funko Pops is a really good example of that. So, I don't know. Should you know what you're getting into? I think in some cases, no. I think in the case of Mark Hamill, no. But... Uh, in when you know that there's an established brand, regardless of if you understood how big it was, do I think that it's always so? What would be your advice to someone that's about to sign on to that? Like, what would you say to them? I think you a, should. I think you should consider where you want to be in the next twenty years. Yeah, decades of time. Exactly. Right. You should ask yourself, where do I want to be in the next twenty years, and what do I want my interaction with fans to look like? And you should be thankful for the opportunity you have and incorporate it. I mean, if somebody says to me, hey, Josh, I want you to be the next Sith Lord in, in the Star Wars movie, and I even think of saying yes to it, then I should consider that my face, my likeness, my whatever is going to be a part of that, with, is yeah. going to be synonymous with that, and I should take that into consideration and make it a part of my life plan. The Marvel thing is actually a really good example because, yeah. you know, we'll talk about it later, but... We uh, Iron Man has grown old. Robert Downey Jr. has grown old as Iron Man, <laughs> right? Like, well, and I th I think that that's kind of a way that um, ABC, not ABC, Disney, that Disney has sort of done things. They're so big on character continuity. Like that's a huge aspect of everything they've done, mm -hmm. and they protect character continuity. Um, but you look at DC, and it's like, yeah, people want Ben Affleck to continue being Batman, but it's a pretty understood fact. Like, Michael Keaton was Batman as 
Val Kilmer was Batman, as George Clooney was Batman, as Christian Bale was Batman, and like even Adam West is considered to be a viable Batman, and they still make animated movies using his voice. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that might just be a Disney thing, whereas like some of the other universes like DC, uh, like James Bond, for instance, where it's like built into the idea that yes, you are yeah. synonymous, but you are not synonymous at the same yeah. time. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case with Star Wars. I mean, they brought Carrie Fisher back. I mean, yeah, she was involved in it, but they brought her back from the from the dead, and they brought mm -hmm. what the guy who played um, the Admiral, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yes, they brought him back from the dead. I mean. Is it possible that we'll see Ray walking around in the background or whatever, like even if she doesn't want to be a part of it? I bet you that it's somewhere in their contract that they get the likeness, voice, everything. Yeah, and and then they'll compile audio clips right, to, to make, make lines for her. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry, you're always going to be in this movie. Right. Then she should be getting paid for it then. Right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I'm sure they do get paid. That's funny. Um, let's see, before we... We got... We hit two. We got two more and then a fun one at the end. Okay. Let's, let's do our little trivia real quick. All right. All right. So, trivia time. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> All right. I like that little laugh at the end. It's a good one. Uh, so, it's December 3rd? 2nd. December 2nd. It's the month of Christmas. It's... Tis the holiday season. Yes. And so our trivia, this podcast episode is going to be based on Christmas Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. Just general trivia about Christmas movies. Uh, there and there's no time time frame on them, no time limit. So, uh, I'll go first. Okay, I'll give you the yeah, first one. Yeah, that's fine. Um, all right. So first up for Josh. I want to confess. In the past, I have been winner of the show. But I'm worried about this topic because mm. I'm kind of a humbug when it comes to Christmas. We'll so. see. We'll see. There's a couple. Okay, anyways. Referring to the 1996 Christmas comedy Jingle All the Way. Oh, my gosh. What was the name of the action figure the father in the film is desperately trying to attain? I have no idea. It's red. It has a helmet. Arnold Schwarzenegger dresses up in it, and he can fly using a jetpack. Sinbad is in it. Yep. Uh, man, the holiday Christmas classic, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, hmm. Turbo Man. Are you serious? <laughs> Did I get it? What? Did I get it? <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Good that job. is awesome. Good job. I dug deep. He got <laughs> You did. So, you, you didn't know it all along. I didn't you know. You stringing no, me along. No, no, I did not know. Because it felt like maybe you were no, stringing me I along. Didn't, I didn't know. Turbo Man, I yes. Ended, I should have ended the clock sooner. Yes. All right, your turn. Good job. <laughs> That's hilarious. In 1994, this movie made a famous stand-up comic have the number one movie, number one TV show, and number one book. All at the same time, the book was entitled Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. What was the movie? Oh, you're not acting, asking for the actor or the, the No, guy? but you can say who you think it is. And... All right, give me it one more time. In 1994, this movie made a famous stand-up comic have the number one movie, number one TV show, and number one book entitled Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. 
And what was the name of the movie? Yes. What movie made this happen? <sighs> Number one, stand-up comic. I didn't think he was a stand-up comic. TV show. All right. I'm going to guess. But it's a guess that it, it would make sense, I okay. think. But is it... So you're asking for the movie. The movie. The Santa Claus? Very good. It's Tim Allen? Tim I Allen. I didn't think he was a stand-up comic. Yep, that's what he was. He had a mustache during those days. And the show was Home Improvement? Home Improvement. So, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. Oh, cool. Uh, all right, next for Josh. In the 1989 comedy National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, very popular movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites, what had Clark Griswold been planning to buy with the Christmas bonus he expected from work? A new car. <laughs> I don't know. It's a I swimming mean, pool. Ah, uh, bean shaped. I have no idea pool. because I don't like that movie. Ah, oh, really? I don't like Christmas movies. Uh, even that one? Just that- in general, I don't like Christmas. <laughs> All movies. right. Uh, okay, your turn. All right, my turn. What movie dressed up a, a boy to look like a girl in a picture gag where the protagonist finds the image and says "yuck"? What movie had a boy dressed up like a girl in a picture gag? So What's they look at the gag? picture, okay. and they say, yuck. It was, uh, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't Let know. me, I'll try to improve. And that's my answer. He looks at it, and he's like, yuck. No. Mm-mm. Uh. At least I hope it's yuck. That's what I wrote down. Um, <clears throat> it was uh, Home Alone. He dressed up like a girl? The kid dressed No, it, it, he, it was, uh, what's his name's girlfriend? Buzz's Home- girlfriend. Home Alone 1? Yeah. Weird. It might not have been yuck, though. Buzz's girlfriend. Okay. Well. One for one. One for one. Uh, my turn for you. Uh, <clears throat> this is a good one. This is a good movie. I think... I don't know if you like this movie. In the 2003 film Elf, mm-hmm. you like Elf? Yeah. Will Ferrell. Uh, what was the make? <laughs> what was the make and model number of the 500 reindeer-powered jet turbine engine that powered Santa's sleigh? Are you serious? It's silly. Like it's it's like a silly point in the movie. Like okay, it's a, it's a silly thing about it. Okay, I'll just say it again. In the 2003 film Elf, what was the make and model number of the 500 reindeer-powered jet turbine engine that powered Santa's sleigh? Make and model number. Don't overthink it. Just Rudolph 001? No. The Kringle 3000. (laughs) I feel like Rudolph was a good guess. Yeah, sure. Your turn. Are we still 1-1? Now I'm two off. But we still only have one right each. Yes. <clears throat> okay. This item was asked for 28 times in this 1983 Christmas story. Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. Woo! And I, thought... I can't deny the fact that you like me. <laughs> right I thought now. that that was way you too like easy, especially because I phrased it as the, this Christmas story, yeah. but I was trying to be... I made sure to stay away from any of those questions, just FYI. Um, in the Tim Burton animated classic, what is the name of the Pumpkin King in The Nightmare Before Christmas? Is it Jack? You're talking about Jack Skellington? Yeah. 
I was, okay. I was, I was hoping you would view it as a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Pumpkin King. I know. Uh, Good job. I hate that movie too. So we're at 2-2. Two, two. And every time I go to Disneyland, every time I go to Disneyland, it is my... It's usually on my honey or my anniversary, which November. is in November, yeah. and the haunted mansion is always decorated with the Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's just it's terrible. All right, we're down to uh, Final Jeopardy. Okay, <laughs> your turn. I think, yeah, your turn. I have two left. You only have one left. Okay, go. Which 1989 Christmas movie never featured Christmas Day and ends on Christmas Eve? Which 1989 Christmas movie, Christmas movie never featured Christmas Day because it ends on Christmas Eve? Scrooged. No. Uh, what is it? It's the... it's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, weird. Mm-hmm. Never Christmas Day? Right. Not in the morning, nothing? Right. Man. Okay. Your final question, Josh McGarry. Okay. For the bragging rights for this podcast episode. Okay. <clears throat> depending on, or whatever. Depending I don't get the last one. Who meets, Re- uh, who meets Rudolph and Hermie while they are trying to avoid the abominable snow monster in the Claymation Christmas classic? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. In the Claymation Christmas classic. Rudolph right. Who meets them? Who meets Rudolph and Hermie when they are running from the abominable snow monster? He's a character, obviously. Jack Frost? Eh. Santa? No. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> you know, the hiker with the silly like, beard. I, and... I would not have got that. Really? No. Did you not grow up watching Dude, those movies? Dude, that stuff is really scary. Scary? <laughs> Dude, don't you, think that, don't you think that claymation is like really odd? I don't know. I don't uh, know. I don't know. No. Maybe nowadays. <laughs> Have you ever seen Mark Twain's... Uh, it's like the man with two faces or something like that. Where it's like they, they go into this elevator. Or they go into this... It's a claymation thing. They did it in the 80s. Will Vinton Studios. So it's like the guys... So it's a the, horror thing. It's not. It's okay. a Mark Twain story. Well, Mark Twain's usually a horror writer, right? No. No, 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 no. That's like... A, um, what's Mark Twain? Huck Finn, Huck Tom Finn, Sawyer, yeah, maybe? Huck Finn, yeah, that's not horror. He does other stuff too, like the Raven and. <sighs> nope, like that's Dark. Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, okay, I'm mixing the two up. But anyway, so they go on this this like steamboat or whatever, and the steamboat takes them to different places, and it has different rooms they're not supposed to go into. And they go into this room, and they find this like this being that doesn't have a face in the room. It's these two kids, and they're talking to this being, and he starts creating things out of clay, and then he's talking about. No wonder why you have a weird association. And then he's with talking claymation. about. And then he's talking about. And then he like starts doing bad things to them, and then they're like, "What are you? Like, what are you, Mister? Like, he's some sort of evil god?" Or and something? he's like, "And he's like, I'm an angel." What? And they're like, "What?" And he's like, "My name is Lucifer." I'm a hundred percent serious. This is, I'm gonna I'm gonna post it to the thread. You'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. I wonder why this guy has a bad association with <laughs> claymation. Man, I grew up on the Christmas classic claymation movies. No, I don't think they're <laughs> creepy or scary. And then the other claymation thing I grew up on was Gumby. So, <laughs> <laughs> nope, no scary association with claymation for me. Um, where, where you won? That's what, right? Yeah. No, you have you have to ask me the last one because I went first. You missed Yukon Cornelius. You have one more for me. Okay. This is for the win. 
For the win, which 1963 classic Xmas <sighs> TV special received an HD digitally remastered version in 2005? That's a hard, that's a hard final question. <laughs> 1963 TV movie received a digital remastered DVD. Which 1963 classic Xmas or t- uh, Christmas TV special received an HD digitally remastered version in 2005? I don't know. Uh, it's Wonderful Life. No. I don't know. It's Rudolph. It's oh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I don't Out of five questions, we both only answered one. We suck at Christmas movies is what that means. <laughs> yes. I guess that's what that means. We should both have to record a crazy dumb saying. Okay. I bet you Aiden has something silly. Yeah. Is he still watching? No. <laughs> <clears throat> well... I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> Usually you you pretty much kill me at the trivia. I know. I don't know. I guess we'll cross that bridge, that bridge later. By the way, the video is called The Adventures of Mark Twain. That claymation movie? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to see if I can... How long is it? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, it's like five minutes long, but I'm going to see if I can find like the moment. Can you keep... The, the Lucifer little... moment? Yeah, we'll keep going here. <laughs> All right, back to... It. Where did we leave off? Okay, next up. Um, so yeah, we didn't really. <laughs> All right, hold on. Here we go. Okay, okay. Here we go. Let's get this going. His face is melting or distorting. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, hold wait, on. Wait, wait. What's up with the voice? That's what I'm saying. Here, watch. Watch this. And listen, listen. His face is morphing into a really scary thing. Just listen. Explains a lot about you, Josh. <laughs> While I was watching Rudolph and Yukon Cornelius, you were exposing your poor mind to this dark matter. It was a Mark Twain claymation special. And you saw it as a kid? Yeah, I called the much. It was just banned afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently no, a lot of people were not happy with that. That is scary. Yeah. That's legit like evil. <laughs> right. People are of no matter. People have no value. We can make more of them if and we his, need to. Meanwhile, his face is like distorting to like a skull or skeleton. Well, and you missed the part where he calls like, himself Satan. Yeah, I didn't hear it. That's creepy though. Oh, this explains a lot about Josh. Anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here. I heard it. Dude, I don't like that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. Anyway. How long is that video? Uh, this section. So it's only in one section of the movie. 
Weird. Like just this little section. It's like five minutes. The part of it's five minutes long, but it was creepy. And he's and tell he, me that ends better than that. They leave tell the, me the room. The they story leave, wraps they get, better. They get like weirded out by him in that room, and they leave the room. Dude, that's dark. That's some dark stuff. It's pretty dark. Anyways, on to more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, trying to take a different route um, in this whole sexual assault um, revolution <laughs> exposing thing. Some, uh, yeah. however you want to call it, um, because more people accused. And the latest is Matt Lauer, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But so a couple weeks ago, Brian Cranston came out and said that over time and under these specific um, circumstances, like as people, we should be willing to forgive, you know, and move on. And, you know, these people should be given the opportunity to, um, you know, sincerely apologize, show contrition and, you know, eventually they should be forgiven and they should, you know, like they should have a place in society still, you know? Right, right, right reasonable right reasonable it's um it's christian right um just this week uh, a couple days ago um amber tamblin an yeah. actress i don't really know what she's from oh i thought she was from one of those girly shows like she was in ago. the traveling pants movies uh, okay okay well she basically said she she's really frustrated she said why do we need to talk about the redemption of men when we are right in the middle of the salvation of women? Not even in the middle, but the very beginning. It's really well worded. It is worded. Why are we obligated to care about salvaging male careers when we have just begun to tell the stories that have plagued us for lifetimes? It seems some men like a revolution only when it's their kind of war. Well articulated mm-hmm. by her. Mm-hmm. Um, so my thoughts are, let me get back to my thing here. So yeah, like you just said and whatever, my thoughts are that, of course, people always should be holding that capacity of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, there's currently uh, a revolution, as she put it, to expose these type of men that have been been or are being accused um, or are using their positions rather um, as men um, to, you know, hurt and traumatize women by whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, And... And it's good. Like those people should be, you know, exposed and they should held accountable, held accountable and they should face consequences for those things. Absolutely not disagreeing with that whatsoever. Um, Her thing is like she doesn't even want to hear, you know, the down the road part of uh, of this thing. And she is upset that that's even in that conversation. Um, She didn't ever say it like she never said it was a direct response to Brian Cranston. But I mean, I have to assume like if, you know, she's hearing that or whatever. Sure. Um, but, um, but these people like, yes, these are like horrible, like heinous things, right? And right. inappropriate, mm-hmm. but, um, that's not what defines these people, right? Like Kevin Spacey, for example, did terrible things back then and, you know, still acts a certain way on sets and stuff. But does that mean Kevin Spacey isn't also this and also this and also this, like these mm-hmm people are dynamic and um just like with everything nowadays there's a there's a a tendency or an an urge to want to just slap a label on someone and that's who they are and there's not any sort of recognition for people's um dynamic nature so i think that that's that's the first thing that needs to be recognized like Mm -hmm. 
of course, these people did bad things. And yet, of course, they need to face the consequences. And of course, there needs to be time for healing and all of that. But um, at some point, there also should be forgiveness. Um, because that person, while having that bad side of them, that not perfect side of them, has also this side of them and this side of them and this side of them. So I think it's on, on that like basis of people's dynamic like nature that we should be, yeah, that, that forgiveness should be given. And I think that, um, yeah, like we see that, um, in God too, like, thank God that we aren't held to these bad things that we once did or something, you know, like God sees past that. And, and I think that it's, we should be modeling that same behavior. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with the sentiment. I don't know that I think that it's realistic without God though. I mean, people are dynamic, um, but people also live in the moment, you know, like we're finite beings. We live in the present tense. We're, our, our legal system is set up for actions to judge actions that took place in the now not necessarily accounting for the future or the later. Um, you know, we don't judge people after they die. We judge them midway through through their life. Mm-hmm. And so... This is this is already segueing into the next topic, but keep going. Yeah, so, so I just don't know that without having a, an eternal mindset, a person is going to be able to, to do that because the dynamicness of a person isn't enough. Um to to give them forgiveness to to give them hope the other thing is that you know the scripture teaches reconciliation um now how that reconciliation happens you know is there's a lot of people who say different things about different ways in which that reconciliation takes place um but it teaches that all things will be reconciled to god but what we have in these situations is a sort of powerlessness where um, the only way we can think of to get out of these situations is to create detachment rather than reconciliation. So I think a person, they might recognize the dynamicness of, say, Kevin Spacey, but they want nothing to do with him. They have to be detached from him. They're not looking to get Kevin Spacey back into their um, their scope. Yeah, and that's that's the, the end part of the point that I had typed out was that it doesn't feel like people want the best for people, Mm, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's missing in, in society. Like people don't want the best for Kevin Spacey. Like they don't want to see him through, you know, they just, they're short sighted. And like you said, they're dealing in the now. And so now Kevin Spacey's career is over. Now Kevin Spacey is defined as, you know, horrible for these things. Like never mind, you know, whatever, I'm, I don't know this, but, you know, if he did any sort of philanthropy or something, like sure. that aspect of Kevin Spacey is forgotten or not recognized or something, like, because like you said, they're dealing in the now and they don't want, yeah, people don't want the best, the best for you. Right. Well, it's, I mean, I don't know if I would call it positive, but for them, at least a realistic aspect of it is that, you know, Later on, maybe you'll do something profound and all of a sudden everything will be forgotten. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah, I appreciate Brian Cranston's viewpoint. 
Um, I'm pretty sure it's a Christian consensus, though, that that creates it. I just, how can there be real forgiveness if you don't believe in the value of people innately? Yeah. You know, that they're made in the image of God, and therefore they need to be treated as precious and special, regardless of whether um, they have treated you that way. And you're not going to seek reconciliation. You're going to seek safety because you don't find that in God. Um, and you won't find it in the legal system. You know, you won't find it in getting away from people. You won't find it in social media, so on and so forth. So you were pretty much left to protect yourself. And I, I understand the position that Amber Tamlin is coming from. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't think that seeking, I don't think that seeking justice and exposure has to be mutually exclusive to seeking grace and to seeking reconciliation. And I think that that's a logical fallacy on her part, that they're mutually exclusive from each mm. other, that one cannot exist while the other one is happening. Yeah. So I think that that's short-sighted. But, you know, I don't know what she believes. I don't know how to hold her accountable to that. So I know I can tell you that for us, um, as Christians, we have a whole... I mean, we have a way, uh, an internal way of dealing with things that always seeks reconciliation while holding people accountable. There, If you look at Matthew 18, it talks about how to hold somebody accountable. And there is arbitration, for instance, that, t- that takes place. Like Matt Lauer is getting fired from NBC mm-hmm. with cause, but without arbitration. Yeah. And his, and his reputation is smeared and all of these things. And we don't know if he's been mischaracterized or, or any of those things because there isn't any arbitration. Yep. And that's, for me, that's a very, I take issue with that. Um, there's this push right now. I don't know if we were going to talk about it, but, oh, it is on the list, I think, of things we were talking about, guilty without representation, but... I didn't have it, but go ahead. But, yeah, there's this push that we're, that, um, that basically says that our position, especially as men, if we want to do right now, if we want to do right in this time period, is that we should just outright believe anybody who's a victim. Um, they say that the worst thing is that nobody believed the woman's stories when they were told. I don't, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, like our guilty till proven innocent right. is where we are now. Yeah. Right. That's not how it should be. It's that we should take seriously. That's what it should be. We take seriously the stories of these women and we investigate them and go but, to wherever they need to and go. And then we're also at a thing. So... Once it's printed, you know, printed, yeah. not printed, but printed, right. there's no, like, there's no coming back from that. Once it's posted. Once it's published. Yeah. Yeah. There's no coming back from that. Like, that spreads like wildfire. And then even if he did have representation, like, if something is published now it in, and it spreads like that, and yeah. now that reputation is smeared, you know, like, whether whether innocent or guilty, you know before before the cases before the trials even had have you seen this viral thing on this um they called her 19 but this supposedly 19 um middle eastern i think it was saudi saudi girl who like had 50 plastic surgeries to look like angelina jolie have you heard about this no it's like does she look like angelina jolie um, if you were to take Angelina Jolie and turn her into a cartoon that would, and then like make her, you know, super, super, super like 
like a corpse, maybe. <laughs> In any case, um, that's not the Angelina Jolie we want, <laughs> right? It's not, yeah. So, yeah. So, I was just reading an article that was talking about that because it's it's this viral thing. I should post it to our um, Facebook thread, but and I'll post the that cartoon too. Um, it's this viral thing that's going on, and they were talking about how they're trying to trace it back to its origins, and they can't find them. Hmm. They found the woman but she's not 19 there's nowhere that says anything about 50 surgeries or even looking like angelina jolie what the heck <laughs> and yeah it's pretty interesting hmm. yeah and that's kind of where we're at that's like kind of what we're talking about is there like there isn't um it's like once it's out there it's out there you know e- even if it's not true mm-hmm yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty unforgiving time just all around. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, moving on. The next up, uh, there... I don't know, I think I lost my... Nope, there it is. <coughs> next topic might have some spoilers. All so right. be warned, um, but it's also been a book for, you know, however long. Agatha Christie novel. Agatha Christie. So I don't feel bad talking about it, and... Um, it's past that whatever whatever threshold you hold personally as far as spoiler alerts goes, whether it's ten years or twenty years or whatever it may be. Um, but so the next up has to do with the movie slash book uh, Murder on the Orient Express. So for those of you that don't know, just a quick little recap. So the Murder on the Orient Express follows the detective Hercule Poirot, mm-hmm. um, French mm-hmm. detective. He says he's the greatest detective in all the world. And it's really funny when he says it in the movie. But so super hardcore detective has a very strong like belief that there is a right and there is a wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what makes him so such a good detective. And he's able to like see through, you know, thing, he, whatever. He's a good detective. Well, in this movie, um, you find so in this movie, there was a murder. On the Orient Express. <laughs> um, and well no, done. And no, they never said the title in the movie. <laughs> well done. There's been a murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> I hate when they do that. But um, there, was a, there was a killing, and the whole movie, he's trying to obviously figure out who it is. Well, the massive twist, and again, I'm just... there. That's a spoiler alert, okay? Yep, Turn yep. it down if you don't want it. Um, you find out that everyone on the Orient Express was involved in helping with this murder and and even being directly involved with stabbing this man 12 or 13 or 16 or whatever at times. Um, So that's the big, like, (gasps) the the big moment in the movie where we're like, It is absolutely one of my favorite twists in all of movie history. Yeah. um, It's pretty hardcore. Um, And so you find that out, and then you find out the why, because they all have this connection to this... this murder of this family, <clears throat> excuse me, this murder of this family, um, however long ago, and they were all affected by it. And the justice system failed this family in, in providing them justice for this guy who walked away from this murder or whatever with no consequences whatsoever. Right. <clears throat> excuse me. Right. And so they decide to take matters into their own hands, man, <clears throat> excuse me. And they end up killing this guy because they, you know, this woman like pulls all these strings and sets it up so where the guy is on the train, the murderer, right. and they're all on the train. 
Um, and it's coincidence that Hercule is on the train with them. But, right. So it's just he, him and his buddy, right? They're it's not only, even his buddy, but sure. They're yeah. the only two that aren't like everybody is in yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. the conductor, the. Uh, in the movie, one of the conduct, like, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so he finds that out and then he finds out the why and he has this moment um, of like um, struggle, like inner struggle. Yeah, moral. There story. is a right and there's a wrong and he believes that and that's what makes him so good and he believes, yeah, like right and wrong. And then he sees this group of people that have been um, not given justice and so by the end of the movie, he literally just decides to walk away from it because he recognizes that this family, if you will, has gone through this pain and struggle and has not been given justice because the justice system failed him. And he's part of that justice system. And so his way of making it right is to walk away from it. So I really liked his, I really liked his character because at the beginning you're like right and wrong. And we believe Mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. We believe Mm -hmm. there's a right and wrong. Um, And that's refreshing in today's Mm -hmm climate Mm -hmm. whatever so i was like yes i already love this character a lot Mm -hmm. um by the end of the movie i felt kind of let down by him um because of like his decision so what is what is our thoughts on that is the question so just briefly obviously like i just said i also believe there's like an innate right and wrong and we know that Everyone knows rape is bad. Everyone knows hurting children is bad. Everyone knows murder is bad. Like all of these different things. Doesn't matter what you believe, you have that in you, right? Um, And I also think that in certain ways, the criminal justice system can be flawed. Um, And sometimes it's it's like like in the OJ trial, for example, like it it shackled itself or whatever, you know? So I also think that. But... At the end of the day, I think bad is bad. Murder is murder. Murder is bad. Um, And so no matter what your reason is and no matter how justified you think you are, um, we don't get to decide this. We don't get to take this matter. And it goes back to what we were just talking about with the the God mentality, you know, the bigger picture. Because there isn't that bigger picture, because there isn't that understanding of God's sovereignty, then it becomes... like a problem for the masses or whatever. But for me who has that picture, you know, and still believes that, like, I still think it's wrong. And so I, I feel like let down by Hercule because, you know, there was obviously there's no like God, right. God element in the movie, but um, we don't get to decide this. And it's kind of a scary, it would be a scary world if we did. Like how many people would mm. even be alive if, if you right. just got to make those decisions, you know, like right. you don't get to make those decisions and that is still wrong. What they did was wrong, no matter how justified they thought they were, no matter that the system failed them, like they still did a bad thing. Sorry, I just spit at you. Um, <laughs> I, still, I watched it go all the way to you. They still did a bad thing. Um, so that's what my thoughts are. Like by the end of the movie, like it starts out strong. Like he does this like narration in the beginning as he's being introduced. Uh, I, there is a right and there's a wrong. And you're like, yes. And then the movie ends like with what he says and like his, his actions to, to walk away. And you're just like, I was just like, man, like, it was a great movie, great movie, but I felt let down. I, I have felt- Okay. So I haven't seen the new movie. I've only talked with Adam about it. I, unlike apparently everybody else already knew the twist because I 
was a huge mystery buff when I was a kid, and so I read Murder on the Orient Express, and I watched the movie like back in the 1970s. Um, <clears throat> so I should watch the 70s uh, <clears throat> movie. Yeah, and and I don't remember that. What I remember, what I remember was not that moral dilemma, which is entirely possible that that's just, that's new. They like um, and nowadays we deconstruct our characters, but. Um, what I remember was that essentially he would have been killed by everybody. That's what I remember is that he was going to get murdered by everybody because when he found out there was well, nothing he could do. That's the added layer in this movie is he puts it so they, he, he literally has them all lined up. He's like, I know that you did this and you are connected this way. And it's like this epic moment where he's just right. being a cool detective and he's figured out the puzzle right. where every piece belongs and how every, how the puzzle works. Right. And, and they, the, the main woman was like, we're not murderers. They're not murderers. If you need to do anything like hold me, like take me or whatever, hold me accountable or whatever. I pulled all these strings and I made them. Right. Or whatever. And he was like, your only option is to kill me then. And he like hands them a gun. But since they're not murderers, bad people, right. since they're He's not like bad people, yeah, they didn't do it, of course, because they're not bad people, but they felt their justice was never served, and so they took it into their own hands. Yeah, I would be interested to watch the 1970s one again, too. Yeah, the, so what I remember was that... And so that's, anyways, like I was saying, that's that's part of his, because he recognizes they're not bad people, right. but this and this and this, and so it makes it like a layered thing, and you're right. just like, yeah. How, That's how are we, he confirms how are to we as Christians supposed to walk away from that? Like, and like, how are we supposed to be feeling like, yes, they didn't get in trouble. <laughs> I would assume that we should walk away from that with a melancholic attitude. And I did. And I did. You know, I was like, I mean, I think that there are going to be situations that we come across that are like that, where it's like, there's not a good end to this. And we pray for God's sovereignty in it. And we let God judge, you know, what to do with it. In that, the the waters are muddy in my mind because he couldn't prove it. That's what I that's that's what I remember from it. So maybe that's not the new version, but what I remember from it was he couldn't prove it. He knew exactly what was going on, but he couldn't prove it, and he was going to die if he if he like tried to prove it. Mm. So he so they were at a stalemate, like they're playing chess, mm -hmm. and there's nothing he can do. So it's like he just steps away, and they all sort of <laughs> go oh, their own way. Ways. But uh, yeah, I mean, what do you do? I, I like to err on the side of grace and let God figure out the, the, the vengeance. We know that man's version of justice is not God's justice, and that's where we talk about the justice system failing them. The justice system would probably fail these people like it did before. So <clears throat> if you can't prove it, like why stress the system to do so if, if you sincerely believe not 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 like mushy believe like you know but if you sincerely like strongly believe that these people um were acting in in were acting on the best of their intentions and and you can't actually prove it and you can't bring them to to like you you can't act as an authority in that situation then you know feel bad about it and let god sort it out that's how i feel but i also feel like that situation is would be an incredibly 
rare perfect storm I feel of a like if for me I feel like if it was a different type of crime I could I So could, murder takes another But they literally like they decided to take a man's life, you know, and yeah. like that is not okay. And they, like um like to me like they should then so so they got their justice in. They killed the guy. He didn't get away with it because now he's his life has been taken away from him. Right. Okay, so they got their justice. Now you can have your justice, but now you got to face the consequences right. of what you just did to get your justice. Well, could he could he prove it? I can't remember. I can't remember if that was a heavily If you can prove it, if you can prove it, if you can actually hold them accountable, then I would agree with you. But if you can't hold them accountable, if there's nothing you can do, then I would walk away from it because there's nothing you can do. And I would be sad <laughs> about it too. And I would counsel those people to uh, to admit to doing it because playing God is is a much bigger offense to the universe. Maybe people are going to disagree with me, but I don't care. <laughs> playing God is a much bigger offense to the universe than taking a person's life. So if you decide to step into the role of God, like the weight of that to, to now open up your, your faculties to deciding what the line is for a person's value and when they get to exist and when they don't and so on and so forth. Like those people may not have been murderers, but they will be. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like now they have a taste for it. Mm. So, or at least statistically, probably one of them does. And, you know, the consequences of that will come to bear. <clears throat> yeah. You should see the movie. I, I mean, want I know to. we just talked about the end of it. And I mean, you've already seen it. And did already, you read it? I, I, I'm pretty sure I read it when I was a kid, but I don't have a recollection of it. I read all of those things. I read, you know, Arthur Conan Doyle and I Nancy Drew. I had more Drew time to and... read like novels like that, you know. Yeah, I down. I think I told you before. Like back, it's probably still free now. But like on Playbooks, you can download like all the Moby yeah. Dick and Time Machine and stuff. You should like, download. Uh, oh, I want to read like all those. I books. used to read H.G. Wells. Yeah, I love H.G. Wells. But you should read um, Conan Doyle's stuff, the Sherlock Holmes stuff. He has long ones and then he has short ones. Really? I used to read James Bond novels by Ian Fleming. And I remember my very first interaction with a James Bond novel was Thunderball. And he described Domino Derval coming out of the river with a black triangle that beckoned him. And I had no idea what I was reading at the time. Now I do. <laughs> so. Ah! And he was describing like Bond like going through withdrawals. He was like hiding in the in the bushes at the bottom of a castle. I think this was in You Only Live Twice. And he was talking about like getting jittery and going through like alcohol, uh, cigarettes because Cigarette? he couldn't smoke. It would give off his like position. Really? Position, yeah. But yeah, and I was like ten, yes. like <laughs> reading, reading this. like yeah, wow, yeah, <laughs> reading stuff like that and watching. Jacked up <laughs> It's no wonder why this guy wears all black and, you know, is <laughs> on a different playing field. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know. Just to wrap up the podcast, we can, we can uh, talk more lighthearted if you want. So you want to talk Infinity War? You want to talk Justice League? Um, the Infinity War trailer dropped? It did. Let's, that... let's talk Justice League okay, first. Okay, Justice League first. All right. So... The long and short of it, you liked Justice League. It was fun. Yeah, 
<clears throat> I mean, Justice League's getting a bad rap, and I don't think it's fair. Do you think it? Do you think it is in any detriment to keep continuing? No, me neither. No, and I think that just like I thought about Suicide Squad, I think that they've done a good enough job with the characters, not the story, but the characters that pretty much everybody who watched it would want to see those characters in a good story. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the movie just really suffers, and you can tell it really suffers from having its its plot line pulled out from it like midway through. You can tell what Joss Whedon had his hand in versus Mm -hmm. Zack Snyder. Mm -hmm. I mean, the studio was all up in there and it butchered it. And when you look at the final product, you can tell that it's a Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. With that said, it's still fun. Yeah. It's still great to see those characters interact with each other. It's, it's not the greatest movie ever. It's not the dark Knight, Although honestly, what is, but, um, it's not the dark Knight, and it's a little bit schizophrenic, but at the end of the day, it's like you had fun watching it and, that's what I think about it, and I think that people are just being turds. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I agree. It was fun to watch, and I, like, I even, like, I'm I'm really excited to see if there's a cyborg movie in the future, for example. I'm excited for the Aquaman. Like, it made me excited for more. Yeah. But, yeah, like you said, like, it wasn't the greatest movie, and it was kind of a botched job, and, um, yeah, l- different little nitpicky things about it, which I'm not a huge fan of talking about those, but... Um, yeah, overall, I thought it was fun, but mm-hmm. people are <laughs> punks. I think that kids, I think that kids will grow up to love the movie, and I'm hopeful that history will shine favorably on it and the entire DCEU as well. Like, I think Man of Steel was great, and I think Batman v Superman was spectacular. So I don't care what other people think about that. Loved the post post credit scene too, by the way. <sighs> yeah, Got and super stoked about that. I honestly think. Not okay. I was gonna say this, but I'd be wrong. Um, I was gonna say that I think Wonder Woman is the weakest of the DCEU movies, but that's not true. Suicide Squad is by far the weakest. But with that said, Wonder Woman, in terms of the tentpole characters, uh, Superman, Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, and Justice League, because Suicide Squad's like B listers. You thought Wonder Woman was worse than Justice League? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How come? It's too accessible. It's like playing Mario Kart where this is maybe a terrible example, but you ever like play old school Mario Kart like in old school Mario Kart. It required skill and you know, and you could see that like you could like, yeah, but then new Mario Kart like the game compensates for you. It just wants you to play it and you have these like great equalizers as we call them in our (laughs) in our group. Blue shell death. Yeah, like the like blue shell from above death from above. Um, There's a way there's a glitch past it. Yeah. Still, and, and I just, I, I just, I feel that way about Wonder Woman. It's too accessible. Mm. Its message is watered down. It's not thoughtful. It's one-dimensional. Is it fun? Yes. Is Gal Gadot great? Yes. Um, does it get Wonder Woman? Yes. But is Wonder Woman fairly one-dimensional? Yeah. When Wonder Woman was promised in Batman v Superman. We were going to get to see why Wonder Woman walked away from humanity. Mm. That topic was never covered. That's true. That's good Not point. ever. That's a good point. And that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping to see Wonder Woman like like it ending on a sour note where Wonder Woman walks away from humanity. Because then what does that do? What it does is it sets Justice League up. Wouldn't you up. say that 
Wonder Woman after Wonder Woman had more of a reason to be involved in humanity based on what yes. she saw from humans. Absolutely. Like so it didn't make sense that she right. walked away from Right, it was love, the power of love that destroys Ares yeah. or whatever. And and yeah, and so when she comes into Batman v Superman, it's just because it's all it's too big, right? And so she like gets involved, but she had walked away from humanity and she wasn't sure what to do about it. And Batman at the end of Batman v Superman is saying like that he's regained a hope for humanity based on Clark's mm -hmm. sacrifice and he wants Wonder Woman to help him. Mm -hmm. And so like we were going to get to see that whole arc and that would have been a triumphant adult arc. But no. They walked away from it and they made everything kitty. And I think that Justice League suffers from that because Justice League was in production while Wonder Woman was in production and everything is like switched over. A post production or uh, pre production and stuff, but Wonder Woman switched over. So basically, they completely, they like, they had one direction that was, you know, going left and then they like changed it to going right. And so Justice League is now this sort of weird left right zigzag. And yeah, I'm sad about it. I'm sad about it. It's not the movie that I was promised when I was watching Batman v Superman. I was super interested in in the concept of a Justice League being brought together out of the like. Is, <clears throat> is Zack Snyder supposed to continue like leading it? The rumor is that Zack Snyder was um, that they wanted to fire him from Justice League. Yeah, but it was too far into production. Wow. So maybe not then? <laughs> yeah, they wanted to fire him from Batman v Superman, but it was or right after Batman v Superman because Justice League was already in production during mm -hmm. the end of Batman v Superman. And then Batman v Superman tanked at the box office. So then they wanted to fire him, but it was too far into production. Hmm. So then they kept it going. And then the and then the, the stressors were too high on him. And then his daughter committed suicide. And then, so then he left production. It was like a blessing. And they took on Joss Whedon because, you know, Joss Whedon. And, but the problem is, is that Joss Whedon is just so different. Yeah. It's like funny. Joss Whedon is funny. Mm -hmm. And I love Joss Whedon as, you know, we've talked about before, but man, I'm, I'm sad about it. And I hope that time will vindicate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited to keep watching. But yeah, I agree. Like, it wasn't the greatest. So what about uh, Infinity War? Like I said uh, on our little thread, we have a comic book thread, it feels like my whole life has culminated to this moment. <laughs> <laughs> when I watched that trailer, I was like, just kind of jaw, jaw drop because, yeah, 10 years ago, like, we were introduced to Thanos is coming or whatever, you know? And, yeah. and then it's finally happening, and you're seeing 10 years of characters and 10 years of stories and 10 years of just different interactions and you're like man this is like a momentous yeah it's gonna be a momentous movie yeah the only thing i didn't like about it and i think a lot of people are on the same page is how unepic thanos was looking really yeah i never read anything like that yeah i mean thanos is like he's got like all this like headgear and yeah, armor and all these armor. things and he walks out wearing like the equivalent of a hawaiian shirt yeah <laughs> yeah. It's like just a yellow vest and purple guy in a yellow vest. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, like uh I mean, it would it would be believable in my mind that he walks out and it shows him and he's like, "Hey guys." Yeah. <laughs> like he'll probably get he'll probably suit up obviously at some point, but yeah, I don't know. 
Other than that, though, other than that, yeah, I'm on board. Everything yeah. looks great. Yeah, and and there's gonna be some death. Yeah, people are dying. They they're they're cleaning house. Yeah, I heard I heard a rumor that there's going to be a resolution to the conflict of civil war that essentially there's going to be a comeuppance to it where Tony is going to um where it's not a rumor it's fan theory that Tony is going to make good on his bad decisions in civil war Hmm. and that he's going to lead the team against Thanos so that the other team led by cap can like survive and his team is going to get completely obliterated. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they're both going to die. Like cap and Tony are both going to die. And then I think you'll see like more minor characters die. Like maybe like one or two of the guardians and you know, maybe Mm. I think Loki will die in a, in a way that brings his character full circle. Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah, I don't know. When but Loki dies, <laughs> like he's just been a part of it for a long time. So I know, a, but he's a, a, he's the trickster. He'll yeah, come back. True. Uh, it's it's cool though, man. That trailer was epic. Who would you be okay with dying? Who would I be okay with dying? Yeah. Well, obviously, I don't want any of them to die because you know, like you, like we talked about earlier, like yeah, that is Captain America, and that is I'd be okay Iron with man. Clint dying. Oh yeah, Scarlet Witch, Clint, Scarlet Witch. Black Widow. Yeah. Really. I like Black Widow. I like them all. I mean, we're she's talking one, about who would be okay she's with one of the, She's one of the more complex characters in my mind. I think so. Yeah. But I also... Drax. I have a different way of looking at her because of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's not in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they explore the Black Widow program in really? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So yeah. There's more, there's more co- context. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and in Agent Carter. I think it's Agent Carter that explores the Black Widow program. It's really interesting, so there's a lot more context to like... I hope... Here's, here's what is. I hope about like my main hope and expectation and it's dangerous to have those because <laughs> then you just get let down but i hope that when they these people do die because there will be there has to be sure like i hope they do it in a way that makes it feel like you just lost iron man when han solo died spoiler alert uh-huh. i was severely let down by that because yeah. we just lost han solo yeah man <laughs> like and it was i don't i didn't feel it and I was just like, it, they just blew by it, and right. it was that, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "No, no, 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 stop the movie." That's yeah. how I felt. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Wait. So I hope that I hope that when these die, like, I hope I feel Captain America dying. You know right. what Captain America represents? Like, it not- seems like I mean, it seems like they're building him up for quite the return. Yeah. Because you see, like in the trailer, you see the phone. You know, the flip phone that Tony gave him or that Cap gave okay, Tony okay, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, in that scene where you see, like, Mark Ruffalo and you see Tony and you see Wong and you see Doctor Strange, right? And they're all standing there. Uh, Tony's got the flip phone in his hand open. Hmm. So I don't know what that means, but it's like he was, like, calling Cap in that moment or something. I don't know if you've read this, um, but me and another old coworker were speculating. Bet you it's Hulk in the Hulkbuster armor. Mm. That would be B.A., you know that, that would like, be crazy. that sort of comes full circle, and yeah, Hulk is actually in the Hulkbuster armor because you see Ruffalo working on the hand. Oh yeah, and then a few scenes later, you know he comes. Right, Hulkbuster comes down, and you're just like, oh, kind of get chills. Yeah, that would be crazy. Cool little things like that that just are like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> obviously Ant Man isn't gonna die. No, I don't think. Well, I guess it depends on when Ant Man and the Wasp is set. <clears throat> Ant-Man like I don't really know what their plan is with like Guardians like how 
how far they want to take that. Somebody but. was some somebody was theorizing that the Guardians and Thor don't show up until the end of the movie. Interesting. Yeah, they like it like really takes to space or whatever, and then they like well the show whole up. the whole event that whole like event in comics takes place in space, right? Um, but what were we talking about? I don't remember who would be okay with dying. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this looks cool though. It looks really good. Looks cool. It looks really good. Well, I mean, feel good. Feel like we covered a, a bit. Feel good about it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, as I said earlier, oh, wait, I didn't say this earlier. Usually I say it. But anyways, if you're interested in today's topics or just staying relevant, you can go ahead and check out cultureinsanity.wordpress.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Culture Insanity. If you have something that you're personally interested in and want to hear or discuss, reach out to us. Um, if you're interested in exploring your faith or are completely new to Christ or the Bible, you can check out the help tab on vigilance.blog. So with that, um, this concludes episode number six. Yes? All right. Yeah, hit that disclaimer and let's get out of here. All right, guys. We'll see you later. We'll see you on another time. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.